Welcome to Grocer Cast. It's a production of the Wisconsin Grocers Association. I'm Brandon Scholes, president of the WGA, thanking you for joining us. This program is a member benefit for the WGA's retail, warehouse, and allied members. GrocerCast is produced to provide WGA members with insight to the different components of the grocery industry, consumer and industry trends, category insight, and more. In addition to the industry program with LaPerry Foods, we'll feature a member profile after this with Jim Hyland, Vice President of Corporations and Public Relations with Roundies. GrocerCast is produced by the WGA's marketing coordinator, Brittany Knudsen. Today, we're joined by Don Simons, Director of Events and Trade Relations with LaPerry Foods. In part two of the show, we'll be joined uh, with by Jim Hyland of Roundies. The WGA's Grocer Cast is sponsored by Kemp's. For over 100 years, Kemp's has provided consumers with fresh, locally sourced dairy products crafted with care across the region. 100% dairy farmer owned, Kemp's is a proud part of this community, producing a wide array of products from fluid milk, cottage cheese, sour cream to ice cream, frozen yogurt, frozen novelties. Kemp's has products for every family member, every part of the day and every day of the week. Kemp's also supports families in need through a variety of initiatives, including the Giving Cow, shelf-stable packaged milk made available through food banks throughout the local area. Kemp's cares for and supports local communities through Kemp's Cares volunteer opportunities, in addition to the financial support from the Kemp's Foundation. It's the neighborly thing to do, and it's how Kemp's does business. Kemp's supports the Wisconsin Grocers Association and is honored to underwrite the Grocer Cast podcast. Don Simons, Director of Events and Trade Relations with LaPerry Food. Many thanks for joining us today. Uh, LaPerry Foods has been a great supporter of the WGA and grocers here in Wisconsin. And Don, we appreciate all that you and your team do. And we also appreciate, want to make note of the time that you set aside to also assist the WGA by sitting on the WGA's board of directors and giving us your guidance and experience as we put together uh, events for our members. So Don, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, you know, how you got into the grocery biz and what's been that path. Well, thanks for having me on, Brandon. I'm really, uh, really happy to uh, work with the Wisconsin Grocers Association. My uh, my history, I'll call it, in the in the in the food industry has has gone back uh, 53 years ago. I started as a bagger, like many of our our uh, retail customers over in Wisconsin. I hear the stories all the time, but I I've been blessed to work with some of the the largest and most successful organizations in the Midwest with 21 years at Meyer. Um, uh, in fact, I, I'm dating myself here. There was, I think, uh, there was 30 Meyer stores when I, uh, went, just in mid-Michigan, when I started with them as a bagger, worked my way through the food side of these stores, and uh, after 21 years left them, uh, I was a, a store director running total store operations for them. 
And uh, then I went to Spartan stores at the time. It was just Spartan stores where I spent seven years, uh, a little bit of time as a retail counselor, helping uh, retail stores with marketing and advertising programs for, for their stores and eventually ended up running their bakery deli division. Um, after seven years, uh, Spartan stores uh, partnered with La Perry Foods to become the uh, bakery and deli uh, distributor for Spartan. So I kind of followed my program over to La Perry, where I have been for the last 25 years and started out in sales. Uh, and uh, then I uh, went into the office and uh, helped create the marketing division of uh, La Perry. And that escalated into relationships with uh, Wisconsin Grocers and many of the other trade uh, organizations and um, trade shows with La Perry started to accelerate a lot. So uh, my main focus now is work with all the trade organizations and create uh, trade shows, not only for La Perry, but uh, the many trade shows that we do um, working with uh, many of our retail customers. And Don, I think uh, at, toward the end, when we talk a little bit about your show and then the future book, I'd uh, like you to take a minute then and talk a little bit about some of the things that you bring to the WGA's trade show with all of your, um, with all the companies that you bring in. Uh, before we get there, though, let's talk a little bit about La Prairie Foods. I mean, it's been around the, it's been around for a long time. It's a, it's a family-owned business. Tell us a little bit about uh, how it started. La Perry Foods was started by uh, Jim La Perry. Uh, he, um, in 1963, uh, he incorporated La Perry Foods and uh, it has just seen phenomenal growth. He kind of started selling uh, uh, barbecue sauce. He, he used to tell a story all the time about Bazo's barbecue sauce and how it started the company. And uh, it is, it has just grown from there as he, as he's, Get, got more and more contact with retail customers. Um, brokers started to bring him products, uh, mainly cheeses and uh, and uh, and meats to sell in the delis, and he he made that go quite well. And after a few years, he got his son Tom involved with the business, and Tom is now currently our CEO. Uh, Tom uh, brought Frozen Bakery into uh, La Perry, and since then it has just escalated. Uh, started out with just distribution in Metro uh, Detroit area, expanded out towards Toledo, Ohio. Um, with the uh, relationship with Spartan Stores, it uh, expanded throughout the entire state of Michigan. And uh, since then, growth has just been phenomenal and it continues to grow, not only in uh, places where we distribute to, but we've gone from uh, bakery and deli to meat and seafood and specialty grocery and confections. And we've expanded our, our variety. I when I started with La Perry, we were selling roughly uh, 3,000 items, 4,000 items, and now we are over 30,000 items. So uh, we've, we've had some substantial growth, both on, on the products we carry and the, the areas we serve. And we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the potential future growth plans for LaPerry uh, coming up, but uh, you know, Don, every, every company, LaPerry, uh, grocers, Wisconsin, Michigan, around the, country, around the world, every business just kind of had to pull up the reins and stop uh, last year, 
kind of figure out where they were going to go and, and make the best of uh, last year during the pandemic uh, that they could. Uh, everybody had to kind of change their business model to deal with COVID. So talk to us a little bit about what LaPerry has done and, and how that's evident in kind of your business uh, today and, and the relationships that and the relations that you have with your customers here in 2021. Well, we've, uh, we we continue to change. That's what is really interesting about what we've gone through in the last couple of years is what was exciting um, maybe a year, year and a half ago with a lot of the virtual applications that we, we saw evolve with uh, virtual trade shows uh, is the one I'm, I'm probably the most involved in now. And, uh, and Zoom, I was uh, listening to news the other day, I hear about Zoom fatigue now that it's uh, people are people are constantly uh, uh, looking at each other on screens and, and uh, we're hearing and, and we're feeling that uh, um, it, it's it's the the changes are continuing, but now we're starting to drift away from what we've done. Um, virtual has has served itself. I, I think it's it's gotten us through some some pretty tough times. We never went away from uh, having a sales force that calls on customers. A lot of it was done by phone, but we've we encouraged our sales force to be safe and where possible to get into the stores and help these customers with the problems that they were having and, and continue to, to sell products and, and get distributions. I think that that was a, a strong suit for LaPerry foods during all of this. Um, we, we had uh, some of our sales force would just go into stores on weekends and help them stock shelves. That's how desperate the uh, stores were for help. And, uh, we, we were happy to, to serve and, and do those kind of things for the stores. So uh, our business model has always been about service. Uh, uh, Jim LaPerry's, uh, uh, original, uh, mantra was serve the customer. And, uh, he, he preached that to everybody that, that works at LaPerry. So, so we always look for ways to do things and do things different, but virtual has, 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 it, it served its purpose. It's, uh, and we're seeing a lot of changes with people that are, are feeling the, uh, the zoom fatigue, the, uh, the virtual fatigue and want to get back to what has really grown the food industry face-to-face -face communication. Well, Don, I think we're all on the same page and, uh, thanking zoom meetings for when we needed them. But the, uh, the prospects of in-person events are, uh, are large and looming and people are, I think, looking forward to it. Um, we're going to talk about what I refer to as the infamous LaPerry Food Show, having been there a few times myself in a few minutes. But to, to lead into that, maybe talk a little bit about some of the trends that you're seeing with some of the products that you have and, and uh, some of the discussions your sales teams have with, uh, with grocers this year. You know what what we've we've seen and and we hope it kind of continues is we're 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 seeing uh, a lot of our customers looking more towards specialty items. Uh, certainly, organic is not going away. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, an area where we're getting requests all the time to expand our our variety of of organic and natural products. Um, that's that's in high demand. 
uh, we, we're also seeing a, a lot of people moving into international foods. Uh, I think people have tried a lot of different things now that they, they're out of the grocery stores. Some of them are still shopping virtual. There's, there are some good things that have happened with virtual, but they're seeing things that they, they haven't saw before and they're, they're giving it a try. We just recently purchased a, uh, a company called Tuts. Uh, it was an international food distributor importing um, many varieties. And I can't pronounce a lot of the names of the products that we're selling. But it's it's just been uh, really interesting watching all of the new uh, between Mediterranean foods and Hispanic and and uh, all the international foods that are that are coming into the markets now. We've added we've added probably thirty probably fifteen uh, hundred two thousand new brands let alone items on top of that, pro probably into the 10,000 items that we've added. We'll have all these specialty things that, uh, that customers are, are demanding now. We're talking with Don Simons. He's the director of events and trade relations with La Prairie Foods. And thank you for joining us, Don, here on Grocer Cast. The La Prairie Food Show has a reputation for being an unbelievable event. Um, and, and you are the you're kind of the guy that puts it all together and runs it. And while this last one was a virtual, uh, for those that have been to the event, it's 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 to behold something. I mean, that first time I walked in, I was just in awe for the entire time there. And all I could do was soak in how many vendors there were, how much activity was going on. So tell us about the event itself as an in-person event in the past. You did have a virtual show this year. And then I think like we we're just talking about, everybody's looking for forward to the next in-person event the uh the la Perry show is uh is uh something as you say it's it's something to be seen we talk about a lot and often when we try to explain to a a new broker or a new vendor what happens at a la Perry show they shrug their shoulders and say yeah yeah we've heard that and then they show up and say the same thing you're saying it's just unbelievable what what we really try to do with that show is do what's made our industry great is put the put the customers in front of the vendors and and really that's that's where the the magic happens i mean uh, it, it puts the touch, the taste, the feel of products in everybody. Selling new products now is 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 quite difficult uh, because customers aren't seeing it; they're not able to experience it. The La Prairie Food Show does all of that. Uh, the last show we had two years ago, uh, we had uh, 800 booths in that show, and there was uh, uh, roughly 13,000 items, all of them on special prices, but but the thing that makes it successful is we, we bring in roughly 6,000 of the largest buyers of the United States, the retail buyers, and we put them in front of the vendors and to stand back and watch the magic happen and, and people start negotiating and people get the samples and people taste the product. It, it is just, it's just fun and exciting day. And beyond that, uh, it's more than a typical show. We, we put a great deal of effort into a theme. Every show has a theme and uh, whether it's a jungle theme and having Tarzan and Jane and monkey walking <laughs> through the show, or it's uh, the, the next one we have will be under the sea 
uh, SEA, which uh, will have uh, the, the decorations that have already been created for that show are just phenomenal. It's, uh, uh, it, it's been um, described as a uh, almost like going to a uh, King's Island or a, a, an amusement park. It, they're, they're, it's all tied to a theme and it's, and it's a lot of fun. The vendors participate and many of the customers do too. Um, I'm getting calls wanting to know uh, what, our, what our theme, our theme next year is already going to be, but they're calling me asking uh, what we're going to do. So um, I know there's a lot of customers waiting for us to do this again, and, and we're happy to put it on again and get, get people back face to face. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, those are the types of events that the folks in our industry, the opportunity to be with their colleagues and their friends as, as well as do businesses uh, and in a fun environment like yours is something to look forward to. Uh, Don, as we uh, as we close out, we appreciate you being on today. But uh, talk to us about um, looking forward. Uh, as you mentioned, LaPerry has made a number of moves and acquisitions over the years. Um, you know, we're entering into maybe some uncharted waters here with uh, things in flux with the pandemic still in place but changing. Share with us uh, a little bit about your thoughts and the Perry Foods uh, about the future of the company and, and the growth that uh, you may be looking at. Well, we're still, uh, in spite of everything that is going on, we're, we're still, uh, fortunately, we're we're in high demand with a, a lot in a lot of retail markets. Currently, we're in the process of opening up uh, North and South Carolina. We're opening up Arkansas. We're opening up Georgia. Uh, all the, the southern states. We've been in Florida for a few years, and that area uh, is is growing uh, growing real well for us. So we're, we're putting regions and managers and staffing in all these areas to go out and sell on behalf of, of uh, La Perry. And uh, the the demand just continues to be for the the products that we sell. Uh, the specialty items we have are, I think, our 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 variety now is it continues to grow. And uh, uh, I know our our sales force is awful busy doing those kind of things. Manufacturer wise, I, I think I mentioned our, our latest uh, acquisition was with uh, this Tuts uh, importer. Who was who was uh, right out of the Detroit area where where we're doing business and uh, so our our variety continues to grow. We continue to watch and what we need to get to to keep uh, our our customers uh, competitive uh, in in any industry of what we call perimeter of the store uh, merchandise, which is pretty much everything except the canned goods in the middle of the store. So, uh, we, we've, the, the success continues to, and the demand continues. So we're awful, awful happy about that. Don Simons, many thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you, Brandon. And I, and I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't thank the WGA, all the members and, and for, for what you do for La Perry Foods as an allied member. We, we are so happy with our relationship. I think uh, the WGA is uh, uh, the, the second organization that I ever uh, connected with after I, I got into the trade relations with La Perry. And it has been just outstanding what you do for our retailers uh, and what you do for us, keeping us updated on what's going on in the state of Wisconsin and in, the, in our industry. It, it, is, it is phenomenal. And we thank you so much for everything you do. Don, thanks again for joining us on the WJ's Grocer Cast. And many thanks to you and 
Well, Perry Foods, for the great support you've given to the WGA, and thank you again for the time that you give us additionally to serve on the WGA's board. Uh, many thanks for the support uh, from Kemp's for their work with grocers across the state. For over 100 years, Kemp's has provided consumers with fresh, locally sourced dairy products crafted with care across the region. 100% dairy farmer owned, Kemp's is a proud part of this community, producing a wide array of products from fluid milk, cottage cheese, sour cream, to ice cream, frozen yogurt, frozen novelties. Kemp's has products for every family member, every part of the day and every day of the week. Kemp's also supports families in need through a variety of initiatives, including the Giving Cow, shelf-stable packaged milk made available through food banks throughout the local area. Kemp's cares for and supports local communities through Kemp's Cares volunteer opportunities in addition to the financial support from the Kemp's Foundation. It's the neighborly thing to do, and it's how Kemp's does business. Kemp's supports the Wisconsin Grocers Association and is honored to underwrite the GrocerCast podcast. Welcome back to GrocerCast. Many thanks to Don Simons of La Prairie Foods for joining us in the first segment, and thanks to our partner Kemp's for their support of GrocerCast. Our grocer guest today is Jim Hyland, Vice President of Corporate Communications and Public Affairs for Roundies, which includes Pick and Save and Metro Marts here in Wisconsin. Jim also serves on the WGA's Board of Directors and is a key player in the WGA's government affairs efforts. Welcome, Jim, and many thanks for joining us today. To help kick off part two of our show, why don't you give us a look into your background, how you got in the grocery business, and now with Roundies. Thanks, Brandon. Um, happy to be on the GrocerCast today. Well, my background is mostly in corporate finance, and um, I've got 42 years in the corporate world. About nine years ago, um, Bob Mariano asked me to come up and join him here when he was running uh, Roundies as the CEO and to uh, handle um, Wall Street uh, analysts and, and banks and investment banks and that because we were a public company. And then about five years ago when we were acquired by Kroger um, and that all went away uh, to Cincinnati to Kroger, uh, they asked me to stay and handle public affairs, government affairs, corporate communications, et cetera. And I accepted that. And uh, uh, so over the course of the last nine years, I've learned the business and um, have a great partner in, in the Kroger company. And that's uh, why I'm here today. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Roundy's went through just a, a heart-wrenching experience with an active shooter situation a few weeks ago in your distribution center in Oconomowoc. And while the tragic situation isn't front and center in the news uh, so much anymore, what can you tell us about where it is, what's happened, what's transpired since then? Well, clearly there was a terrible tragedy at uh, our Oconomowoc Distribution Center on March 16th. And uh, unfortunately, our sister division in Colorado, King Supers, um, less than a week later, uh, had a similar situation. Uh, so uh, infinitesimal odds, I like to say, that this would happen twice in the same week. But if we go back to Oconomowoc, uh, everyone came together to support the families, the friends, and the fellow employees of, of those that were fallen. 
And um, I think today we, we still are working on um, helping people with their trauma and uh, making sure that we attend to the needs of those that are out there and, and the families, so forth and so on. So it's an ongoing, uh, there's an ongoing uh, task force. I'm on that task force for both tragedies and uh, we're just trying to do the best we can to make sure that everyone gets the assistance they need. Um, and so it's been, uh, like I said, it's been a lot of help. Everybody in this state from the, from the state level, county level, municipal level has been, uh, has just been great, has been over backwards to help. So, um, uh, you know, we, we continue uh, the healing process and uh, it's a long process, but uh, so far so good. You know, what we've seen here in Wisconsin uh, over the years and across the country, it's not just limited to any type of workplace, work environment, any type of business or, or situation. And, and clearly we've seen that here with uh, your experience in a, in a warehouse setting, uh, but many of our members are, are just uh, grocers or single store operations uh, across the state. With what you've uh, had to deal with in your experience, what advice could you share with the grocers um, who are working to either with what they know now prepare their operations for something like this, or you know, maybe they're just starting for the first time to work with their staff. What advice that you do you have that you could share? Well, that's a good question. And, and unfortunately, um, I've had to deal with this situation more than once. Uh, I think the best thing that grocers can do, and I wanna thank the WGA for putting an active shooter webinar uh, training session on uh, shortly after our incident, um, it's a valuable tool that you need to have in your training regimen. And, um, you know, as I, the information that I gather from our sister division in Colorado, uh, that active shooter training works. We're required to take it once a year here, any, everyone in the Kroger company. And uh, we did have heroes out there and, and it did save some lives and getting people out of the building. So it could have been a lot worse. So I think it's, um, uh, you never know when it's gonna happen or why it's gonna happen. And perhaps you can't prevent it from happening, but there are ways you can mitigate the damage. And um, I think active shooter training is the way to do that. So I, I just would advise everyone who's in the grocery business and hopefully through WGA is to get active shooter training um, because uh, it's, um, it, it's very valuable training. And, and we, we know that from experience. Jim, beyond COVID and, and what, you know, your, company and your stores experienced and all the changes as well as grocers across the state we're kind of now into the the next year but it's 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 kind of a different phase and I, i'm curious what are you hearing what your store managers your people at the store level hear from your customers are you sensing a shift on their part as they come into the stores uh, what sort of changes are you seeing in terms of what your customers may be shopping for uh, or you know, different changes. Are they still once a week, big cart? Or is that changing? Especially now as we head into spring to summer. Long question. So take it away. That's a good question, Brandon. And yes, I think through the course of the pandemic, I think we can honestly say that grocery shopping will never be the same as it was pre-pandemic. Um, you know, what we've seen is our e-commerce business continues strong. And I think that's the future of the grocery business. So we're up over 400% in e-commerce from pre-pandemic levels. Obviously the hoarding has ceased. We're seeing products become more plentiful now on the shelves. 
from a customer standpoint, we, we continue to see uh, cooking at home with restaurants still closed or partially open. So, you know, there has been a shift towards more shelf stable food. We see pantry stuffing coming back. Um, we see touchless transactions take place because of COVID. You know, we are seeing an uptick in floral and outdoor business as well. You know, tailgating's return to, uh, to the brewers. And um, as we see more communities loosen COVID restrictions, we'll see more in-store traffic as cafe areas, product sampling, self-service bars come back into vogue. And as you said, we have a number of spring and summer holidays approaching, which should bode well for all grocers in the state, Mother's Day, Memorial Day, Father's Day, Independence Day. And, um, you know, we, we know there's going to be more vacationing in Wisconsin this year than there, this summer than there was last year. That's also good for grocers. So I think we're seeing a mindset change uh, with, uh, with our customer. Uh, number one, a lot of them are, are staying with uh, e-commerce, especially people that had never been uh, e-commerce shoppers before. So pickup and delivery certainly will stay with us. Um, more family nights, more cooking at home will stay with us. Um, people want to celebrate now. They're tired of the pandemic. We're seeing upticks in floral. And, and as we get to these other holidays, we'll see more uh, grilling and, and outdoor barbecue and that. So so the things that we you know, normally would see and didn't see last year in terms of uh, spring, summer uh, products, uh, we're starting to see sales uh, pick up on that too. So I think it's a good sign for not just us, but for all, all grocers in the state. We're in kind of a different phase this year as we headed into 2021 with, well, actually at the end of 2020 with, with the COVID vaccinations uh, that occurred here in Wisconsin and across the country and grew and expanded. Um, and Roundy's uh, played a big role in that along with other uh, grocers that had pharmacy operations. Uh, your pharmacy experience with the COVID vaccination was part of the federal retail pharmacy partnership. Um, and so the grocer community with its pharmacies and partnering with others helped play a role uh, in, in vaccinating the state and continue to do so. Jim, do you have, uh, can you give us a little bit of an outlook? You guys have been in it since the very beginning and have a real keen insight. What do you, what do you see? What do you see for an outlook coming up for, let's just say the balance of the year? Well, it's another good question. And yes, we, we have 106 stores in the state of Wisconsin. 67 of those stores have pharmacies. So they've been kept very busy, but not just with COVID vaccine. They've been busy from day one. They've been busy with, with COVID testing, with antibody testing, with flu shots, et cetera. So, um, you know, it's, it's their turn to be the hero and they're cert they certainly have an increased workload. We have uh, given uh, to date, I just got the number today, we're uh, just a little over 50,000 um, uh, vac vaccinations that we've administered in the state so far through our pharmacies. We've had a very successful clinic. We started a few weeks ago at Summerfest uh, here in Milwaukee, um, which we run on Tuesdays and Thursdays and then one Saturday a month. And that has been very successful and people have come from all over the state uh, for that. So I think what we're seeing right now, Brandon, is that we're seeing a lot of these clinics open. We're seeing much greater production and supply come in uh, from the federal government. As you said, we became part of the FRPP, the Federal Retail Partnership Program, I believe in March 2nd, early March. And so we weaned ourselves off of the DHS distribution. And just to give you an example, there may be weeks where we only got 100 doses uh, given to us to uh, administer from DHS, who was at the mercy, uh, quite honestly, of the federal government. Once we got on the FRPP, 
you know, we're getting, uh, you know, somewhere between 5,800 and 6,000 a week. And that's, that's what we're, that's what we're giving out. That's what our goal is. Kroger, our Kroger Health, our parent company, um, who handles the health part of it, uh, would like to do a million vaccinations a week across the whole Kroger enterprise. So we're helping them work towards that goal. I think the problem that we're going to have, um, uh, or I'd, let's just say it's a challenge and, and an opportunity for us, is that um, you know at some point we'll probably run a little short on arms. In other words, we've got to convince more people to get the vaccine. Uh, there's plenty of players out there who are administering it, so we need more arms, and we need to convince more people that this is the right thing to do to get the vaccine. And so you know we're going to continue on that and and come up with some uh, uh, you know some public relations uh, to help uh, get the word out to uh, get into some communities that need it. So, um, you know, we're working along with DHS in the state of Wisconsin to help reach that magic number that they want to reach for herd immunity. And uh, we've all got to do our part to do that. But uh, we've been busy and we'll continue to be busy and we'll continue to do everything we can uh, to get these needles in arms and get people in this state vaccinated. Jim, your stories are located throughout most of the, most of the state of Wisconsin. Uh, and you're very involved in your communities, uh, either through your stores locally or as the Roundy's company. Tell us a little bit about some of the community and charitable projects that Roundy's and your stores are involved with. Sure, Brandon. Well, you know, we do a lot. We have a, um, we have a foundation here uh, called the Roundy's Foundation. It's part of the Kroger Foundation. So we're able to give some small grants out uh, to hunger relief organizations that need it. Um, we also do a lot with uh, the two food banks, two major food banks in the state, uh, Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin and Second Harvest in Madison. So we work hand in hand with them and many different types of distributions. We work with our friends at Kemp's on some milk distributions too. And we recently did a uh, partnership with our friends at the Milwaukee Bucks where we're giving out $50,000 in, in gift cards over the next few months, again, to hunger relief organizations that need it. So. We do about, uh, I would say we spread, uh, spread our wealth uh, around approximately 50 hunger relief organizations throughout the state of Wisconsin. And as you can imagine, uh, during the pandemic, especially last year in 2020, we were overwhelmed with requests. We did the best we could to uh, get as much help out to these organizations as possible. But uh, yeah, it's a big part of our DNA here is, um, you know, we're not just we're not just uh, in those communities that we serve. We want to be part of those communities and, and help them out. So um, we we pay a lot of attention to that, and we do the best we can to to help these organizations out. Jim Highland, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Brandon, and uh, appreciate being on the Grocer Cast. Uh, appreciate everything WGA does for the grocers in this state. Thank you. Jim Hyland, Vice President of Corporate Communications and Public Affairs for Roundies, which includes Pick and Save and Metro Marts here in Wisconsin. We appreciate you being with us uh, on today and sharing some of your thoughts and experiences with and through Roundies. Our thanks also to our sponsor, Kemp's, and to you, the WGA members, for joining us. We look forward to having you on the next WGA's Grocer Cast. It's WGA's award season. Nominate one of your colleagues from the grocery industry in Wisconsin. There's no better time to recognize those in the grocery industry who have gone above and beyond call of duty for their stores, their employees, customers, and their communities. Awards include Grocer of the Year, Vendor of the Year, Excellence in Operations, and Community Service. 
The deadline for WGA awards is fast approaching. It's April 30th. Nomination forms can be found on the WGA's website. A new award this year is the WGA Supermarket Hero Award, which will recognize store associates who have gone above and beyond with the efforts they put forth through the COVID-19 pandemic. Watch the WGA's communications for more details coming soon.